So why don't I read the letter that they put in the book? Because this wasn't, it wasn't just like a book with like a GoDaddy logo on the back. Like your friends at GoDaddy wrote a letter to the reader. The the CEO, I believe, sat down and penned a letter (laughs) themselves. Dear reader, we hope you enjoy this story about the Berenstain Bears learning how to balance time between using technology and doing what they love the most, being with each other. GoDaddy is committed to helping everyone, like the Papa Bear character, better use technology to have more free time, and they put that in quotes, to spend with loved ones. At GoDaddy, our goal is to help loved ones find a happy balance. We hope this story sparks some ideas of how your family can work together to use technology in safe ways. Happy reading, your friends at GoDaddy. The Papa Bear character. I love that he's referred to as the Papa Bear. In fact, from now on, I'm only going to refer to Papa Bear as the Papa Bear character. It's also funny that they put free time in quotes. Welcome back to Deep in Bear Country, a Berenstain Bear cast. I'm your host, Bill Gonzalez, and this week we're going a little off the trail. We're going a little to the side of our typical episodes because we're not going to be covering a Berenstain Bears book. We're going to be covering some Berenstain Bears weird, I don't even want to say ephemera, it's more like just Berenstain Bears side discussions that I couldn't figure out how to talk about in the context of a single book, partly because I didn't know that they existed at the time I discussed the relevant books. And so I was like, why not bring on the person that got me talking about this in the first place? Why not bring on a person who I've actually been trying to think of how to bring on the show for a while? And why not bring on a person who will actually go down in history as being the first movie star on Deep in Bear Country. That's right. I have had CEOs. I have had uh, business people. I've had educators. I've had therapists. I've had doctors. I've had other podcasters. But this is the first time I've ever had someone on the show who you could turn on a streaming service and watch in a major mo- a major motion picture. I don't know. I describe it a uh, a uh, a mini series that docu's. A docu-series. And someone who I didn't put two and two together that they were the same person because they existed in a couple of different avenues of my online life. It's just really weird how this all worked out. But someone who I know from the Berenstain Bears collectors group uh, and who is incredibly active in many different communities online. So I will let her introduce herself and talk about who she is and let you figure out how she relates to this whole ordeal. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome on to Deep in Bear Country, Becca Peter. Hello, Becca. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for joining me. So why don't you just let our listeners know a little bit about who you are and why you are such a hotshot Hollywood movie star? I am a very random person who's involved in a lot of different things. Uh, my kind of main thing I'm involved with is actually like the sport of track and field, especially pole vaulting and a lot of like sport politics stuff. 
but I'm also a mom and I'm very online. Mm-hmm. And uh, over the past few years, when I wasn't busy talking about like and researching things that were really heavy, like abuse in sports, I got very involved in researching LuLaRoe, which is a very predatory multi-level marketing company. And it was kind of this random thing. I knew people who were selling it and like, there was all this weird stuff happening. And I knew that like, this company wasn't right. Like they were saying stuff that was not true. And so I'm that person who's like, someone is wrong on the internet. And so I start researching and there's like, these lawsuits start happening because like they were wrong about a lot of stuff and they started getting sued for all of the illegal things they were doing. Um, And so I had some experience covering lawsuits, started researching this stuff. And um, yeah, there was this Facebook group, this LuLaRoe defective Facebook group that got really big. And so I was like covering these lawsuits and helping to share information, which actually helped people connect and break free from the company and helped more lawyers file more lawsuits. And eventually there was a documentary and I got to be in the documentary, which was super fun. So it is Lula Rich on Amazon Prime. It has nothing to do with Berenstain Bears, <laughs> but it's like this very like disconnected thing. I had to make another Twitter account because this was like right. completely unconnected from my track and field stuff. <laughs> because you started, you started being known online as like, the woman from the Lula Rich documentary. Like, there's a lot of people in that documentary. Like, you're not the only person in it, but for some reason, people will refer to you as like, you know, the woman from the Lula Rich documentary. And it, that meant you. And it, it was very strange, like how that, I think it's probably because you had like the most presence or something. I'm not sure what it was. You were ready for prime time. I guess so. It was weird because I'm used to the things I'm doing, like being controversial and having people upset with me and getting blowback. Mm-hmm. And Lula Rich was weird because like the vast majority of people like were super supportive and they liked the, sort of my character that was in the documentary. Like it's, it's real and it's authentic, but it's like a narrow piece of me, if that makes sense. Um, but I wasn't expecting so many people to relate to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think there's a lot of people who are very online and can relate to that feeling of like they see something that's wrong and they want to like prove that this is wrong and something bad is happening and raise awareness about that. But it's also weird because like in my normal life, I mean when the documentary first came out, I had a lot of like other mom friends who like messaged me and they're like, oh I saw you in Lula Rich. That was great. But like my like the like the rest of my life like people didn't weren't into it like didn't watch it like I visited when I went to Florida in December I visited a lot of family I we had a big track and field meeting and like none of those people mentioned it which is totally fine I'm not expecting them to it's just like the the two seconds of fame definitely have not like translated into other areas of my life which is okay well, all I'm saying is that if a documentary ever comes out about the Berenstain Bears and they don't ask me at least to do a like answer a couple of questions, I will be very offended. I'm very confident that you would be in a documentary. That came it's out about weird that when the Berenstain Bears get mentioned online and I'll suddenly realize there's a huge conversation going on. I do have this moment where I'm like, why did nobody wrote me in on this? Like, why? <laughs> 
Why is no? And then I'm like, oh, right. I am an extraordinarily niche podcaster who only appeals to a very slim segment of the world population. <laughs> well, I did tag you on that tweet that got you your last guest. So. Yeah. And what's crazy, though, is about the Lula Rich documentary is the fact that because of that, I was like, Oh, I can have Becca on and know that she knows how to talk. Like, because you talk to people online, like on Twitter, you talk to people on Facebook, and someone can be incredibly witty and very erudite and have a lot of great points to make. And then you get them in front of a microphone and that it's just gone. Like it's that is not their milieu. So you had this sort of like already audition. So I was like, great, I don't have to worry about editing around a lot of things. <laughs> well, thank you. I will try not to let you down. Now, how did the whole Berenstain Bears connection come about? So when I was a kid, I was born in 1982 and we had lots of Berenstain Bears books. And we, I was a, I was a very precocious reader. So by the late eighties, early elementary for me, I was already into babysitters club books. Like I was past the Berenstain Bears. And unfortunately the Berenstain Bears chapter books were long after yeah. I was the right age. Um, but I had a younger sister also. And I think like I, I had a fairly privileged childhood. And one of the privileges was like, we went to a bookstore like in the mall at least once a month. And so I was like always buying, you know, the latest Babysitter's Club book and whatever. And I think we had like most of the Berenstain Bears books and then they, they were coming out with new ones pretty regularly. So my mom like kind of kept buying them even after my sister and I were getting a little old for them. Mm -hmm. um, but my mom kind of collects children's books. She has like lots of that, you know, like the ones that win awards and stuff. And so we had a pretty good collection of Berenstain Bears books. Um, so I grew up, got married, had kids, and we had some randomly. Um, and so my son gets into elementary age and he's super smart. And like a lot of boys, he, he wasn't super into reading. Like he could read, but just sitting down reading books wasn't really his thing. And your typical high interest books, like Captain Underpants, you know, graphic novels like that. He's never liked books like that. <laughs> um, but we were, I think when he was in first grade, we were driving from like Seattle to Phoenix. So we're on the road for several days. We threw some random books in the car. And then out of nowhere, he starts reading the Berenstain Bears books. And he's actually like reading them and enjoying them. And I am like, hey, I will buy you like every Berenstain Bears book if this is what you're willing to read. Like, this is great. So we started buying more of them. And I, so I think somewhere along there, we picked up computer trouble. Like, I think I just got it at a thrift store. You know, there's all these newer books now that I didn't know from my childhood. And the version that we got was apparently sponsored by your friends at GoDaddy. And it had this like introduction in the book from GoDaddy. And my husband and I were just like blown away by this because of course, GoDaddy is kind of most famously known for these like raunchy commercials and which is so like the opposite of the Berenstain Bears and so in my head it was kind of like well this this book must have been before they went down that raunchy road because like why would the Berenstain Bears ever connect with a company like that right but this was definitely something my husband and I had like 
numerous conversations about and you know this and there are a couple other books like there was one where they're just being like super negligent with honey like there's just several pages of like these wild things happening and like honey is like in danger (laughs) and this is just like normal for them and you kind of I think as parents that those are the sort of things where you sort of move from like this is a random book I read my kids to like I'm starting to think about the bears universe like perhaps more than I should which is probably sort of the road that led to you leading this podcast because I was like oh you know I started thinking like I wonder if there's like a good like wiki for the Berenstain Bears where they sort of track like the different characters because there's just all these different universes I guess as you put it um and it's weird Mm -hmm. so I eventually like I started googling and eventually I found your podcast and we've actually listened to like an embarrassing amount of (laughs) your podcast because we drove from Seattle to Florida with with the kids it me and my mom and the kids and we drove back (laughs) and we also drove down to Phoenix in the spring (laughs) and your podcast was one that everyone could at least tolerate if not enjoy Um, that's how that that is my goal to have a show that people can at least tolerate if not enjoy yeah so my kids are big I mean I liked it and I've actually listened to episodes before like I just be in my office doing work and listen to some um but yeah like my kids ended up getting I mean they're now a few years since we first started getting the bear books Mm -hmm. and um they both have really enjoyed the chapter books and I like love those podcast episodes because the chapter books are so wild and they cover so many topics and they're amazing. So I'm glad this podcast exists. And if anyone has not discovered the chapter books yet, and you really want to get deep into bear country, you have to listen to all of those episodes because they are amazing. What's what's funny is your your family seems to have gone the like ideal route like as far as like i assume the berenstain bears company is concerned like they're like yes like the parents had the books you got your kids into the books when the kids got a little older you got them into the older but like that's exactly what they wanted to have that's why the chapter books existed to like extend the the franchise like continue it on into like later years unfortunately like most kids didn't go down that route because at the time the chapter books came out of course goosebumps also came out and the babysitters club existed so like that that market was flooded um but yeah so you you so then of course so of course you're on the you're on the collectors group and you're yeah and you're fairly active and that's actually the funny thing so i wasn't trying to get into collecting and when i first got in the group like i had a random assortment of books because it's like i'd see one at a thrift store i don't remember if we have this i'll just get it um so I was trying to sort of like organize the books and we had a a number of the bind ups and so I was like oh well if I have this in a bind up then I don't need the individual book so I forgot I had done this but what ended up happening is that's what happened with computer trouble like I had it in a bind up so I sold it in the book, not realizing I had like a super rare edition edition that literally no one realized exists, like Brad, that's not on Brad's list, it's not anywhere. You Google it, there was like nothing on Google, 
be, because what happened was I li- I kind of had forgotten a bit about the GoDaddy thing. And then you did were doing the episode about it. And I was so excited because that's a perfect topic to talk about on the podcast. And I was like, oh, good. Like, I kind of forgot about this, but I'm super excited to hear Phil like dive into the GoDaddy part of this. And then you guys didn't mention it. Didn't mention it. And so then I started Googling and I can't find anything about it. And I'm like, I know this happened. I know this is real. I'm not imagining this. I, and I double checked with my husband and he's like, oh yeah, like we, that's real. We definitely talked about it. And we're not, we're kind of staying with my in-laws right now. So I'm not at home with our books, but my husband went back home uh, on a weekend and looked for the book and he couldn't find it. And that's when I was like, oh my goodness, I must've sold it. So I looked in the collector's group Sure enough, I sold it. So I messaged the person I I sold it to, probably sounding a little bit like a crazy person, but she was amazing and she took pictures of it right away and I wasn't crazy. It was real. And this was because this was the thing you you had like a moment. You were like, why didn't you cover the GoDaddy thing? And everyone kind of jumped in and was like, this is not a thing that exists. What are you talking about? And Brad like went into like lockdown mode. He was like, <laughs> this is not what is happening. I am not aware that this is a thing. And so everyone was doing research. Nobody could find a single shred of evidence that what you were talking about existed in our universe. You were having your own like Mandela moment where you were like, no, I swear this is a thing that exists. And it wasn't until the pictures surfaced that we were that we were sure that you weren't like some kind of like weird enemy agent who was trying to like throw the group into disarray. Right. And but it did it did bring up that weird question of like, why did how did what what's the like it makes sense when they would partner with like a, a fast food franchise or like a uh a like a a, a a a credit union for like saving your money like that makes sense but. The randomness of GoDaddy, which is like, I guess it, it's computery, but what a what? And it, as you said, it was after they did their shift into like raunchy commercials. Like it was after that. Yeah, well, that's the thing because I, at the time when we first read this, I was assuming that this collaboration happened before that shift yeah. because, like, I just could not fathom that the Berenstain Bears would partner with a company that's who's like was their main thing they were known for was raunchy commercials like there's no way that's not compatible but once we started talking about this i I went back and the raunchy commercial started in 2005 and this book happened in 2010 yeah so So, did the raunchy commercials though continue through 2010 i think so like they did finally stop doing them but they they did them for a while so i'm not sure i don't remember exactly when it stopped i didn't get around to doing a a deep dive on godaddy history so um so the 2010 date is interesting as well because what i what i so me being me i was like all right i'm gonna write to mike and see if we can get to the bottom of this uh so the 2010 date might not actually be when the collaboration happened because here's the response I got from Mike and warning to all listeners, this is boring. Like this, there's, there is no major revelation here. This is all just like, oh, right. Like this is not, this is not interesting at all, but it is interesting to us because we care. So Phil, uh, Phil, so Mike wrote to me, he said, hi, Phil. 
because he's kind. He's a nice man. Remember, if, if, above, if nothing else, remember that Mike Berenstain is a very polite, very nice man who enjoys talking about the Berenstain Bears, funny enough. He says, I don't remember this edition, but I did an email search, and I found that I approved it back in 2014. So this was a more recent deal than even the book's copyright indicates. So I'm assuming that it's copyright the interior whatever and that the deal happened in 2014 it comes under the general heading of special sales a category of publishing that includes premiums like the old school model of sending in a coupon or a box top to get a toy or a book or a game kids meal promotions or branded editions that are distributed as promotions by particular companies or organizations like this one a perennial example is the many branded editions of the Berenstain Bears Moving Day distributed by moving companies to their customers. Each publisher has a special sales division and they handle all this. Special sales rights are a standard part of publishing contracts. Best, Mike. So what it sounds like is that maybe there's other editions from other internet companies out there. Like maybe they were offered the opportunity, you want to put your brand on this book and then you can like give it away as a premium to customers at some point i don't know when GoDaddy would have done this like under what context they would have been like have a berenstain bears book but maybe it had to do with like maybe if you joined GoDaddy, they were like do you want a book that we have to give away about like internet safety which isn't actually about internet safety but here you go Okay, so I did a quick Google search because that date sounded familiar. And 20, like 2013, 2014, GoDaddy had some management changes. And that's when they decided to move away from their raunchy image. So that actually makes sense. That makes more sense than 2010. Like as part of them trying to clean up their act, I guess the Berenstain Bears seemed like a good fit. I kind of doubt this had much impact because it doesn't seem like many copies were distributed or right. anyone knew about it. Because it, like, we haven't found any press releases or whatever. So maybe they did this and then just didn't really promote it. It's but that so actually, weird. so that actually kind of does make sense. But it's still super weird. I I wonder if like if you went on to like the internet wayback machine, if like there was maybe a web page or something at the time, like. Friend, kids, kid, families. I don't know, like what, because GoDaddy isn't an internet service provider. Which, like, it would make sense yeah. if like Xfinity or someone was like, join Xfinity, and if you have kids, we'll send you some kids stuff. But like, GoDaddy's not that. So, I don't. It, I, some, I don't know. Maybe some random GoDaddy employee had like kids and then read them Berenstain Bears or something. Or, or as as he said, like you know, like. This is all handled through Mike's publisher. GoDaddy promos is probably handled through another branch of their thing. Like, I'm sure that, like, the left hand didn't know what the right hand was doing. And maybe the CEO of GoDaddy, if you mentioned it to them, would probably just be like, the what bears? The who now what? Kids books? What would we do? Like, just this is off the table. Mike got an email and would just, like, rubber stamped it. Like, sure, fine. You want to give away some of my books? Go nuts. Which I just, I, I just also find a little odd because Mike's pretty conservative and GoDaddy was fairly widely known for being raunchy. And so I'm just like, I am a little curious if he didn't make that connection or he just didn't care. I, it, 
it's a little odd that he just rubber stamped it. I mean, but I get that it goes to the publisher and I know that Mike just loves to get the books out there. Right. And that's fine. Like, and I'm, I'm certainly not judging him. Like, it just ended up being incredibly random. It is very incongruous. I can also see if, like, the publisher was like, hey, Mike, GoDaddy is this internet company you may have heard of. Uh, they are, they're trying to refine their image. They're trying to go a little more family friendly. They thought the Berenstain Bears would be cool. And he'd be like, fine. You know, like, great. If that if I can help you rebrand and become a more family friendly business, go hog wild. But I think we can all agree that GoDaddy is a weird company that we most of us weren't even aware still existed. <laughs> right. I will say, like, given how fast technology evolves, I actually thought the book held up pretty well. Like, I know it's only 12 years old, but that's like a million years in internet years. Mm -hmm. And, like, eBay is still around. Facebook is still around. Like, it, it actually held up better than you might expect. And especially compared to, like, the chapter book where they get lost in cyberspace. Oh, of um, course. <laughs> yeah, I, I, think my, I think our problem with the book wasn't that it, it was wrong-headed. It it just was all over the place. Yeah. And then it tried to make a point about internet safety that wasn't a part of the plot at all. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Now, I want to shift gears here for a second. Move a little bit away from the GoDaddies of the world. And I want to bring up a book that uh, I'm kind of throwing at you, but I find it so interesting, and I have no one else to talk about it with. And it's the Baron Brace yourselves, listeners, because I'm about to say two words in, next to each other that don't make any sense. It's the Berenstain Kids. I love color. I heart colors. And this is a book that is one of the most buckwild things I've ever experienced in my life. Uh, so, Becca, are you familiar with Berenstain Kids' I Heart Colors? I think I had that. It seems really familiar. I think that we had this when I was a kid. What year was it published? Uh, I Heart Colors came out in 1987. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure this is one we had as a kid. I, I don't have strong memories of it like I mm -hmm. do with the other Berenstain books, but like it's one of those things that like I forgot it existed. And then at some point in the past couple of years, like it popped up and I was yeah. like, oh, this is triggering some kind of repressed memory. <laughs> now, it's a really wild book that many people who are familiar with the Berenstain Bears might recognize as a Cub Club book called The Berenstain Bears Learn About Colors, uh, which is a complete redo of the Berenstain Kids' I Heart Colors. But what's really weird about the Berenstain Kids, it's a Stan and Jan Berenstain book that's basically brother and sister bear as the Cub Club book eventually is. But it's two human children in a in a neighborhood that's just like bear country, only it's a human world populated by humans drawn by the Berenstains. And it's one of the most wild things I've ever seen because you feel like it should be it should be brother and sister. Like, it should be them. The world looks like the Berenstain Bears world. They Their bodies are brother and sister's bodies, but they are skin people walking around in a flesh world. And I can't handle it. I think that would be a really interesting conversation with Mike about, like, why did his parents want to do some books with human kids? Because, of course, they had their... Before the Baron Bears, they had their like adult themed cartoons. 
they were certainly familiar with drawing humans Mm -hmm. but like kind of at the peak of bear's popularity like did stan just have like was he just itching to draw some humans in there like it it is kind of weird well becca you are in luck yes because (laughs) i wrote to mike and asked him basically what was up with the berenstain kids why 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 did this happen i love it i love the book it's gorgeous it's a beautiful book it's lavishly illustrated the colors pop the characters are very expressive it actually handles racial identity at the end with like the colors of our skin we love the colors of our skin all the people in our neighborhood have different skin colors much better than the berenstain bears version which is like our fur is various shades of brown (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which it's not, if you've ever read the Baron's State Bears. They have one fur shade. Uh, so I wrote to Mike. I was like, hey, Mike, what's the deal? So, Becca, you're going to be the first person in the history of the world to ever understand what happened with the Baron State kids. Here it goes. I'm he so wrote, excited about this. This book was created not long after we, as a family, ceased creating the It's All in the Family cartoon series in 1989. He says, when the Bears began to rapidly expand in popularity in the mid-80s, which is when you would have been like, hey, Berenstain Bears. Uh, And I, as a child who I I am older than you, but I was in in the mid-80s, I was like 9, 10. So I was still like reading the books and a huge fan of the cartoon. Uh, It became a challenge for my parents to continue creating cartoons as well. And by cartoons, he means the magazine cartoons. They asked me if I would work on the cartoons with them, and for several years, I did the bulk of the work on the series that was appearing in Good Housekeeping. And that's something that I wasn't really aware of. I didn't know how much Mike worked on the It's All in the Family strip, but I guess he did a lot of it at this point. Um, Finally, with the expansion of the book lines, big chapter books, Cub Club, etc., in the late 80s, it became necessary for me to switch over to full-time work on The Bears 2, and we retired the magazine cartoons, though with a significant element of regret. We all loved the Berenstain cartoon tradition and would have liked to have kept it going if possible. I think the Berenstain Kids was a last nostalgic attempt to do this by switching the magazine cartoon characters over to children's books. Unfortunately, there was no interest at Random House in publishing sequels. I think I Love Colors was the weakest seller in the first-time reader line, and so there was no follow-up. And so I love that it's just like, oh, we have to stop doing this thing we all love maybe we can sneak it in to our main line and hope people bite and no one bit. And I felt a little sad reading that letter. Yeah, that's really sweet. But yeah, I I definitely think like as a kid, you know, the bears connected and then there is just this like random human story. And, and plus loving colors is not the strongest plot. Like you're going to remember more the things like they go to the doctor the first time or they go to school for the first time like those just stick with you more Mm -hmm. whereas like just another book about colors is not as memorable yeah you don't learn their names you don't get to meet the rest of the family and looking at it now i'm like oh i guess that is like the kids from it's all in the family i'm not used to seeing them in color or like in children's book style because you know like it's all in the family was not aimed at kids i mean it was family friendly but it was mostly just like as i refer to it it's a kids am i right comic like boy oh boy raising kids these days like it's one of those uh many strips of which it was as we pointed out were rewritten and repurposed for some of the like offshoot berenstain bears books like the dino like brother bear collecting the dinosaurs like that was all from those strips 
but most like any of the Bar- I think any of the Berenstain Bears books that are just like Mama and Papa exasperated at having to raise children was like directly inspired by those comics. But uh, but this book does have our only example of of a human being drawn by the Berenstains wearing a zoot suit. There's just wow. some random guy in their city wearing a full-on zoot suit, flipping a, a twirling a fob, like a watch fob, like waiting to, I know he's like the Ralph ripoff of their, of their universe. Um, and so I'm begging Mike, if you ever hear this episode, please just do one last Berenstain Kids universe crossover where they run into the bear family there is actually a book where stan and jan cross the i forget what it's called like they actually enter a story i don't think you've covered it but nope. the baron Bears draw it have yes. you read that one okay so you know a, what i'm talking about i had a guest lined up for that a while back a professional cartoonist and uh and uh it didn't work out and so my the whole like do it series do a series is hard to do on radio. It's hard to do as an audio thing because you want to demonstrate things. Uh, and yeah, that's a tough one. But no, I am. That's that's that one's up on the list. Just haven't gotten around to it because I am lazy. Um, so do you do you think should we should we demand a final Baron say kids book? Yeah, I don't know if he if Mike is feeling motivated to draw humans anymore. He seems pretty like <laughs> in a groove with the bears. But, uh, and and as as Mike would tell me right off, no one would be interested in publishing that. Like he <laughs> yeah. he and his publishers are always like it sounds like constantly going back and forth as to like Mike coming up with ideas and then being like absolutely not, Mister Berenstain. <laughs> Him just being like fine. Well, my daughter is very excited for the Scratch and Sniff book that is coming out this Christmas. That's right. We did, we did order some of the pizza books. I actually found a couple copies of the Scratches of Pizza one that were like not crazy expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we got a couple of those and there's like a few things that kind of still smell, but you know, many yeah. decades later, they don't smell as good. But yes, the Christmas scents, we're, bo- we're both excited. I love Christmas stuff and I'm excited to have like an actual new Berenstain Bears book that's coming out at Christmas. Yeah, because I think I think I have covered like maybe all the Christmas books now. I did like I kept doing them in batches, and I so I'm like years ahead of myself in the Christmas books. I believe that we've we might have tapped out on Christmas books at this point. Maybe like the maybe there's like a cookbook that I haven't done, but uh, but everything else because I'm fascinated by Christmas. Like I will talk about Christmas and Christmas traditions and stuff. And now Christmas scents. Nothing's better than Christmas scents. The smell of the pine. <laughs> It can be a, a very special episode of the Bearcast. Where you have to like what come to my house to smell the book, <laughs> I guess is like how it's gonna have to work out. Like uh select few golden tickets going around, come to my come to my recording room and smell the, the scratch and sniff book. I don't know how it would work, but uh well I hope there is no I hope there's never any Lularo esque uh, controversy in the Berenstain Bears world. I hope we don't find out that Mike's a robot and that these have been being pumped out by some sort of sentient AI over the last few years. I can't imagine what other controversy there would be in the world of Berenstain Bears. I've th- I've thought about it in the books to see think about like what's the most similar. I mean, there are some strange fashion ones where the bears are making very questionable fashion choices. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's no like I feel like you definitely could do a chapter book about like 
some cubs parents get roped into a pyramid scheme and they're trying to like sell all this stuff that's like not a good product i mean it's a shame there's no more chapter books maybe someday there would be more i i would love for mike to kind of go down the road his dad did of like i'm just gonna do what i want yeah <laughs> and put out the books that i want and i don't care if they're popular or whatever um because yeah there's so many other topics you could cover in chapter books yeah, for me, it would be like you could do a book that was like the Berenstain Bears, like the Berenstain Bears, too good to be true. And like Brother Bear gets involved, like someone tells him, like, if you sell some candy bars, you can make a ton of money. Look at all the prizes I got. And then he finds out that he has to buy the candy bars and then he has to sell them. And the only people want to buy them. like something like that. Like there's ways you can work that kind of pyramid scheme into the world because kids have to like, that. It starts young. So, and it's that idea of like, wow, all I have to do is sign up for this thing and I can make tons of money. And and mama or papa being like, you know, if it seems too good to be true, it's probably too good to be true. And then brother bear like having to learn, like, I guess it was too good to be true. And well, and you would have, and you would have then all the other cubs in town are also selling the same candy bars or whatever. Exactly. And he's having to compete with all of them. Yeah, if you're all trying to sell the same things to each other, you're not going to make any money off of it. And you're going to be stuck with a garage filled with candy bars. I feel like those were super popular as fundraisers, like at least when we were younger. I don't I don't see as much of that kind of fundraising anymore, but which would make it perfect for a Berenstain Bears book, which is always about 15 or 20 years right. out of date with the youth. So <laughs> But yeah, so that's uh that's the Berenstain Bears <sighs> love GoDaddy, I guess, and the Berenstain Bears are weird human children, I guess. And Becca, thank you so much for joining me. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Uh, so if our listeners are interested in learning a little bit more about you and the way you are, where can they find you? Uh, Twitter would be the best place to find me. That's where I'm pushing out the most content. Um, if you're interested in sport politics or pole vaulting, uh, at pole vault power on Twitter. And if you are my other account, <laughs> uh, I post some about like LuLaRoe or multi-level marketing, or sometimes just random things, uh, is at defective Becca on Twitter. Um, and if you follow me and you, your Twitter is set up where like the things other people like will show up in your feed, then you will probably also see a lot of tweets about like COVID and, things along that line, because I am trying to keep my family healthy, which just keeps getting harder and harder. Um, but yeah, those are the best two places to find me. And yeah, I look forward to all of the Berenstain Bearcast fans finding me on Twitter. <laughs> I look forward to it too. I look forward to posting this in the collectors group. I have nothing but affection for the collectors group. They're a bunch of nuts and you have to be in order to in order to throw your life into the Berenstain Bears this much. I am not a collector. I'm just a casual observer, but I am the guy who's been talking about the Berenstain Bears for over seven years. Uh, speaking of which, you can find me on Twitter at BStainBearCast. You can find this show at BerenstainBearCast.org because I am an organization. Uh, you can listen to my other shows, uh, Pizza Toast, which 
will be coming out again at some point where I talk with my friend Christy about, well, we used to talk about the Babysitter's Club. Now we talk about whatever young adult stuff crosses our path. And uh, it's Del Toro time that I do with the aforementioned child, Willow, where we're just talking about movies at this point that kind of relate to Gamble Del Toro. But uh, we're, we're, we're closing in on the end of our Gamble Del Toro list. So uh, listen to those if you like hearing the sound of my voice. And uh, Becca, I hope you join me again in a future episode. Wink. Yes, I think we have a few other topics we could cover. I think that would be very interesting and very informative for our listeners. Uh, so thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time. Oh, wait, that's not how I say it. And wait, thank you all so much for joining me. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll see you all next time deep in bear country.